Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Ray. I'm Alex Reed. Welcome back to another episode of... Another episode of Mostly Lit. How are you doing, Alex? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Life yeah. is good. Everything, everything good. Everything blessed. Everything alright. Everything alright. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, yeah, life is great. <laughs> I only say this obviously because I just come out from holiday. Mm. Going like going back holiday, holiday again. again. Um, Living your best life. Yeah, and like obviously. Was it last time I mentioned that I was working really hard on something and then mm-hmm. that thing has like turned out to be great. Good, good, good. And so it's like, you know, you know when you're just like, oh, God, God is on one. Like, you know, back in, I used to think, yeah, when bad things happen, like the world was like conspiring against you. But then See. you just have to be like, nah, like, no, you have to act from a place of faith and not fear. Mm. So, mm. Yeah, everything, everything good. I see. How are I you? See. I'm all right. Everything's basically. So I've been off Instagram this month. Um, yeah. I've been on Twitter sporadically. Yeah. Um, sporadically. Sporadically. Um, do you yeah. know where? Do you know why that's funny? That word. No, I don't. Have you watched Clueless? No, I haven't watched Clueless. Wait, what? I haven't watched Clueless. Oh, something. Whoa! Like that. No, I haven't. What are you talking about? The series or the film? The film. <coughs> no, Stacey I haven't. Dash. I haven't watched the film. <gasps> But I remember watching the series. Okay, well, we're going to have to, you know, Mm -hmm. make you watch that. So now I can't say what I want to say until you've seen it. Okay, cool. But yeah, like being off, being off and just kind of like really taking a step back from socials and stuff with the whole of July. Mm. You know, everything is in retrograde. So I'm a bit like... (laughs) Not even just Mercury, everything, all the planets. Mercury and flipping, was it Neptune? But anyway, like it's just everything's just kind of taking a step back and I'm like just chilling literally been just listening to music I mean because I was saying like this summer because I was saying be careful what you wish for number one because I remember when I was working full time and I was like I haven't got a summer when I have a summer yeah x y and z and then I came out of the full time work and then obviously I have a summer but I have less money 
So it's yeah. a bit like all the stuff that I would want to do in the summer. So you have to be very specific about what you ask you for ask, as well. And yeah. um, that's kind of the things I've been really like figuring out yeah. uh, this month. Just like being very specific, kind of like knowing who's around you, what kind of spaces you're yeah. in. Not taking things too personally either. And just really kind of understanding that all these things happen. You can't be walking around with anxiety. You can't be walking around Honestly, with all that suffering and no. all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been I've been up to. Like I've just yeah. literally just been chilling, eating oh. eating roti. Yes. Eating Caribbean food. That's, yes. all, that's all I've been doing. Just been kind of doing that. I haven't just... been eating that, that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ray knows why. I'm... <laughs> um, but yeah, otherwise. But you know, hot girl summer. <laughs> hot girl summer. <laughs> what do you think about this? Time, before we get into the book talk, anyway. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this whole city boy, hot girl so, situation? Because I'm like, well, this city boy thing. What is it exactly? I feel like it's something. I feel like people... is it just men being trashed? But I, isn't that every day? I do feel like I could, obviously I'm not on obviously, Twitter yeah. I'm hearing stuff like on like shows and whatever and I'm seeing people talking about this and I'm like what is why are people doing this whole city boy thing it's so like, I think they needed to balance it out they, they couldn't just like get the like hot girl summer for me is like as a young hot woman you're just mm. enjoying your life you're having great time with your friends and your family and yeah. your loved ones you get in the money you get yeah. in the you know and you're just, just enjoying doesn't, yourself doesn't, doesn't need to be an equivalent Megan Thee Stallion's already said it's gender neutral exactly it's <laughs> a hot boy hot girl summer yeah but then city boys to me just sounds rather ratch yeah it just sounds like something that oh we need to have something as well we need to make it worse we need to be a part of it Anyway. Mind your business. But anyway, yeah, so it's a hot boy, hot it's a girl hot boy, summer. Hot girl summer. Um, it actually is. I realised I was talking to one of my friends and I was like, oh, we were talking about when have you <coughs> felt like, when was it like the first time that you maybe you felt like a woman or you felt like the woman that you prayed to be, you've become and have you reached that stage yet? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like for me when I was younger, I really wanted to be independent. I wanted to travel. I wanted to have good future prospects. And I remember when I came back from South France, like last week or the week before, I got like landed at Heathrow at like midnight, no, like 10 something. And then I remember I took an Uber all the way back home came out of the Uber and it was the process of me coming out of the Uber, getting my bag, opening my post box to take out my new job contract Mm -hmm. and then stepping into my house. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I was like... That's all too much. Yo, like, I'm a grown-ass woman. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this summer has really, like, encapsulated that for me. It's like, oh, like, I've really... Like, it's a proper hot girl summer for me in that I've really enjoyed myself. I have amazing friends... And like, obviously home situation is so much better, like from, from when I moved. Mm. And it's that, that balance, that coming together of things, that equilibrium and that joy and not having that anxiety. Mm. That is just like amazing. And I'm just like, oh my God, I hope like, obviously life has its trials, but I really want to hold on to that for as long as possible. Mm. Always remembering that like, you have to like, Joy has to be something that is like tangible to you, even when circumstances change. Honestly. Joy still has to be somewhat constant. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a real hot girl summer. But it really is. Just it enjoying really life. Is. It really Living lavish. Is. Enjoyment. You know, in people, <coughs> sorry. Yeah, people just need to kind of like, just get a grip and enjoy their summer. And like, <laughs> especially like this weather's trash at the minute, but um, it was hot this week too. Yo, but I don't um, like England heat because England heat doesn't come with breeze. I stayed in my house. That day it? when it was like 38, 39, 
I was this is like, this is despicable. Aircon, I was like, oh my God, let me run to you. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, it's it's also, it was the day that Boris Johnson got um, take, put in as prime minister. And everyone was like, hell, hell has opened. Hell opened. The Geminis are, are taking, uh, the Geminis, oh yeah. The Geminis are running the West. I'm like, I'm so, I don't know what to expect. You guys like, need to lay off Do you know what it feels man. like? It feels like when the Death Eaters took over the Ministry of Magic. This is what it feels like. <laughs> this is what it feels like. And nobody knows what's going on. Nobody else is going on. And they're like, oh, it's really hot and yeah. everything. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But it could just be magic happening. <laughs> and we just it's true, you know? know. We just don't know. <laughs> we just don't know. Damn. But, well, damn. Anyway, so what are you reading? So I'm literally finishing off um, the collection of essays by Tremanda. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, now that I'm like well into it and nearly finishing off, I, I do enjoy it. It's called The Thing Around Your Neck. However, I think for me, Chimamanda is somebody that you have to stay with. You have to really marinate in her work to really be able to enjoy it. Mm. Um, which is why, like, I've liked all of her, like, novels. However, obviously, Half Year of Sun's my favourite. But with short stories, I find that just as I'm beginning to touch some base, just as I'm beginning to find that depth in meaning in her work, it finishes. So I'm just not really... I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'll read one story before bed. Are they short stories? Yeah, they're short stories. That's the point, though, isn't it? I know, but I'm just like, there was like one, one story that really touched me. It was done really well about this young um, Nigerian woman who, um, like, got married to her man in Nigeria and then the guy moved over to the States and she's, like, really accomplished and, you know, she's educated, she has a master's, blah, blah, blah. Then she comes to the States and she's, like, this um, babysitter. Um, And then it's, she kind of weirdly, I think, falls in love or finds an attraction with between her and this African-American woman. And I think what Tiramanda was trying to touch on is that diasporic identity mixed with the African-American black identity and how those two kind of clash or mold together or can come to really love each other. But it was so, like, just like the last line was like, oh! and then I'm like, really? Mm. Come on, give me more. And um, yeah. <clears throat> So that's what I'm reading and we're finishing off and I'm starting Silence is My Mother Tongue. So hopefully... Did I give you the copy? Um, you did give yeah, me the yeah, copy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's on my bedside table. Oh, we so can do that. Yeah, let's do an episode on that actually. Yeah, <coughs> so I'm going to read that and I know that you said it was... Because the guy was... it was Are they East African or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really excited to read that. Also... Oh, wow. Um, so a good friend of mine read A Little Life and I was waiting for her like <laughs> yeah I know I was waiting for her like episode on that. commentary because I was like okay I know Alex read this book and he was like greatly traumatised and I like oh, I was an Eden from um, That's Pod That's Pod also read it and I saw his tweets on it and my friend he, she's like also a lawyer um, but she's like a really big reader she's literally always like has her nose in a book and she read it and I spoke to her about it and she's like Ray like I felt like I was abused. She was literally like, I am abused. I have to now read Sophie Kinsella for the next two weeks just to get over this feeling. You know and I'm like, is it a happy ending? And she's like, no. And I was like, but Alex she, told me it was happy. She should, she should, the thing is, she should not be telling you anything other than just read the book. Yeah. And you can't come, you cannot have a conversation about that book until yeah. you've read it. So you can't have a conversation with somebody about, about it, it until, until you've read, read it. it. Because there are peaks and trails. Really? Know? And, so, I, but, so that's the thing, I'm just going to like guess yeah, it and like just one, blitz through yeah, it. Yeah, the one thing I will say about that book, it makes you feel a little bit deeper. That is it. 
like it makes you feel like everything makes you or feel, just makes you feel a lot deeper like once you've read it yeah and you'll know what I mean once you've read it okay so I'm just like what do you feel like you know the meaning of life not even but you feel a lot deeper that's all I've got to say I can't say, <laughs> I can't, I can't say anymore yeah. until you've read the book yeah. like it's just okay so yeah finishing off things around your neck um, starting um, silence, is, silence is my mother tongue and possibly like by Monday I'll get a little life and just yeah. like read it throughout the week and then we'll talk <laughs> I'm so excited to get stuck into these books guys just, and that's why I'm reading again which is so much better because yeah. I had that drought Yeah. and now it feels so good to just be able to just read and enjoy reading that's what I'm saying like just reading again it's just been beautiful yeah properly just oh I love it love it um, anyways so yeah okay. what are you reading what am I reading let me just pull up my audible account oh God, here we go. Um, so I started reading this book called The Art of Not Falling Apart by Christina Patterson mm-hmm. um, she's a journalist and she went through several redundancies uh, with the independent, and um, I think you've spoken. And I think yeah, yeah, I? yeah. So I've just finished it off. Mm-hmm. Really interesting stories. Um, she speaks to people about falling apart and how they and how not to do it. Um, great book. I also was reading a book called that my friend uh, recommended to me mm-hmm. called The Science of Fate. Um, and do you believe in fate? Um, yes and no. Hmm. Yes, Same. actually. Yes and no. Because, um, but this is kind of like, she basically has, you know, certain, there's certain questions people have about like things like, you know, the nature of sexuality or the nature of um, intelligence and the nature of all that stuff. And she kind of like balances it with the the science and the faith mm-hmm. kind of thing. So she kind of like has um, the, the, the balance discussion there. And it's a good way to start thinking about the bigger issues mm-hmm. while actually just starting to think yeah. just a bit more... Um, Introspectively about stuff, because obviously we we look we look for um, proof, yeah. do we not? Yeah. And because we're looking for proof, like when you, when you're talking about these big issues, it makes sense to kind of like have the like balance it with the science and see whether they work together, and whether they yeah. don't work together. Um, but yeah, that's a good book yeah. that I read, and also I came so I basically subscribed to the Paris Review. The Paris review, review, yeah, right. So, and they have loads of different essays on there. Mm-hmm. And there was an essay on there called "The Crane Wife," which I sent to you. But, oh yeah, um, I saw that. It's called "The Crane Wife." Yeah, and it's by a, um, an author called C.J. Hauser. Yeah, and it's like it. Somebody, the person who um, mentioned it. They said that I was one of the most beautiful pieces of writing that they've ever read or like read. And I, and I started reading it and I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. But it's, as I got through it, I was like, the way that she's crafted this essay, the way that really? she's crafted it is beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. And um, so, so it says, a, 10 days after calling off her engagement, yeah. CJ Hauser travels to the Gulf Coast to live among, among scientists and yeah. whooping cranes. So, yeah. So basically she, she basically, um, she's writing a novel. She was writing a novel and um, she needed to have like, she needed to have the factual stuff about, you know, cranes and stuff. Yeah. So she went and she went on this trip with uh, this other, some other scientists mm-hmm. and whatnot. But it was just like, it was kind of, it's a, it's an essay about her knowing what she needs and knowing what she needs and people understanding what she needs and the stuff and what she didn't get in her relationship. So when she was with her, Pastor. her then fiance or whatever, um, he, he wasn't providing her what she needed, and she didn't feel like she could need anything. I see. And it was a, like it was such, like the way she kind of balanced it off was like you know she's talking to these new people, 
on this retreat. Yeah. But then also she's balancing it against, you know, her husband, um, her ex-fiance kind of like cheating on her, but her like, um, cheating on her, but then her still accepting the engagement. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? Like, um, still accepting, accepting all these things because she felt like this is what she was supposed to want. Yes. And it wasn't like, and he, <laughs> just, a, a, just a trash guy, but like he was like, <laughs> you know, they, she was like, you know, when she when he when he even proposed to her, there wasn't any kind of romance around it. It was literally just like um, it was. Uh, he proposed to her in the park, which is like you know, yeah, is what it is. But then he kind of like played it off with like a bachelor reference, like with a with a with a rose and doing all that stuff. Oh god, you want the rose sort of thing? And she was just oh, like, wow. and she was just like, she was like, is this kind of what I'm supposed to be accepting? Mm. You know what I mean? And it was just and it's a question about like accepting what you what you accepting what people think you need and what people believe you should mm-hmm. have and whatnot. Yeah. Actually, you know, she comes to the conclusion that she, that people do know what other people need and what they want. And it's just about having that mindfulness to kind of be like, this is what you need. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a very like key scene in the essay where she like gets to, gets to control the boat that, at, the, um, at the retreat when yeah. doing the, tra- the crane thing. And it was like that. And she was like to the guy, I don't know how to drive it. He was like, that's fine. Just go. Yeah. And it was like that freedom, that freedom to kind of like, all right, I'm going to press the thing yeah. now and go. She's like trying to do it. He's there, obviously. And he's just like, live your life. Like, yeah. just in, enjoy the enjoy, in, enjoy the things. So, and don't um, be afraid. Yeah. So she's a writer. Yeah. She's a writer. She's an author and professor. Um, yeah. And that's kind of, and that's what I'm reading. Sweet. Beautiful. Do you have any questions for me today? Do I have any questions for you? I'm changing that. Okay. But so when we get to that segment, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell yeah, you I why. Yeah, I just remembered. I was like, oh wait. I'm gonna tell you why yeah. because you haven't watched Fresh Prince of Bel Air, did you? No. Right. So I'm gonna come and I'm gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get <laughs> oh, to that. Oh no. We're gonna get to that. Okay. So should we get stuck on? Yeah. Stuck on. Stuck in. Stuck on. Sorry, foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's go. Okay. So in this week's episode, I literally messaged Alex, being like. Oh, I'm so happy. Let's do something. Let's do poetry one because we hardly ever do poetry. Mm-hmm. And let's do poetry, a reading maybe and an explanation of why you've chosen this certain poem um, and what it reminds you of, blah, blah, blah. So essentially it's poems that make you happy yeah. or poems that remind you of happiness or some sort of joy in your life. Or even you can just love the way it's written. Um so yeah and I tasked Alex with three to four poems mm-hmm. um, and obviously I've chosen some as well but it will be really nice to see what what, we kind of come up what with. you've come up with and I'd really like to you know sort of read and yeah. hear from them so okay. what do you have for us alright so what, do, what I have I've got um, so, first poem. so what I did I went with um, a contemporary yeah local yeah I went with um, contemporary classic yeah and I went with a um, more fun kind of poem. Yeah. yeah. So basically, so the first one I'm going to, I've got is by um, a London-based writer called Tapiwa Mugabe. Oh, yes. I've... And I love him. Yeah. I love everything that he writes. Um, he's been writing for so long. Yeah. Um, and like, I remember when he first dropped his like books, I was all up on Kindle with them. Um so he's uh, Zimbabwean. Yeah, yeah, Zimbabwean. Let me just double check exactly what the um, the collection's called. Um, it's called Zimbabwe. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got a poem called Tides, which I really like. Okay. Um, 
because the thing about poetry, obviously, is that when it's so introspective to you and like, and, and the kind of thing about, and even micro poetry as well, they were very like, I think the whole Iris of Daily Wards, yeah. or San Jere, Nayira Wahid, yeah. all those guys, they um, had these, these really impactful, they packed a punch in all of the poems that they wrote. Yeah. Anyway, so this is... Um, Tides. Yeah, this is Tides by Tapiwa Mugabe. Okay. I've got it up. Uh, you got it up? You got the poem up? Yes. Might as well. Okay. Tides. Days when I'm drunk on life and my spirit is full. When I'm all laughter, I use those days to chase after dreams. My spirit is strong and I am full of life. Days when I want to hide and my soul wants stillness. When my spirit reminds me of the beauty and vanity of everything. I use those days to ground myself. My spirit is strong and I am full of life. Oh, I love that those last two lines. Yeah. So I looked at this as like as a reminder mm. that because I think what I feel like what we do lack in life is a like a, is a we do have a crisis of spirituality. Mm. I think, um, and the kind of journey I've been on has kind of dictated that I've mm-hmm. seen. And when we take for granted the little things over the material. Um, and so little things like, little things like laughter, little things like building your spirit. I remember yeah. when I was in therapy, um, in therapy, and uh, there was this like, I was just like to my therapist, oh, I want to kind of, I need to, my spirit needs to be full again. Mm. Like, I feel really empty. I feel really drained. Obviously, I was on the back of so many like awkward and negative kind of like, yeah, relationships vibes. and yeah. vibes. And um, it was like over the course of like three or four weeks, it was really about going in, inward and mm. trying to figure out exactly what kind of like fed me. Yeah. Um, and I found that music fed me. Yeah. Um, so obviously I had my piano and I got my piano out. I started playing again. Um, writing fed me, so I started writing a lot more. Yeah. So I started writing a lot more disciplined and a lot more structured and just like when I needed to write something, I, I've got everything out. Um, and laughter yeah. and enjoyment and just trying to be around like fun things yeah. a lot more. Um, not trying to take myself too seriously, not being too serious mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, and this is kind of, this poem kind of like showed that up for me. Yeah. Um, because you know it's like when he said days when I'm drunk on life and my spirit is full like when you're literally those like, moments yeah those moments so when you just when you, moments when you have so many like just when you're just just chilling like yeah. the other day I think a few weeks back I was like literally in the park and I was eating roti with my friend <laughs> yeah and I was just like they're just eating I was just like eating and it was just like it was enjoying fine. yourself it was just, yeah it was just chill like there was nothing it was just literally and my mom was like okay I was like what are you doing today I was like oh, I'm going to eat roti in the bar. She's like, really? She's like, I'm like, yeah. Cause, and, and the thing is, something so simple. That's like, yeah. It was one of the most simplest days. Yeah. It was just like, and it was the most simplest of plans. And that's kind of what I like. Just mm. a simple, a simple plan, conversation, eating. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And um, that's kind of what I, yeah, it's kind of what I enjoy. Yeah. And um, when you're, when you're drunk in life, when your spirit is full, so that's Tides by Tapiwa Mugabe. Tides by Tapiwa Mugabe. So from his <laughs> selection. From a collection of called Zimbabwe. Yes. I know there's another bit of one. Days when I want to hide and my soul wants stillness. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I have that a lot. Like, I just don't want to go nowhere. But also, have you ever been in those spaces where you're like, um, you don't want to go anywhere, but you go out anyway? Yeah. I I stopped doing that. You stopped doing what? Because Going I used out. to do that a lot when... when um, 
I knew inside I didn't want to go, mm. but I want. I was like, oh, I should go because I, you know, I don't want to miss out on something. I used to have a lot of FOMO back in the day, and now I remember there was like a party happening on a Friday, and like my friends were going, and I was the one even telling other people. I got it got to the day, and I was like, I don't want to go. Mm. Um, and I chose to stay out like home in my bed and I saw all the snaps, all my girls and, and my friend was like, oh my God, the DJ today was amazing. You should have mm. been here. And as much as I was like, oh, like, yeah, sad to have missed it, but I wasn't. Yeah, I was in my bed and I was really happy about it. So I think listening to your body and listening to your soul and your heart when it tells you not to do stuff. Yeah. Because like, do you know how lonely it is going to plans and you don't want to be there and you're just there like watching other people have fun and it just almost feels like you're not there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not enriching at all. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. And, but there's sometimes, you know, when I feel like, that's, that's one side of it as well, which is which is very fair. Because sometimes when I don't want to go somewhere and then I end up going and I have a great time. That's what I say. That's a nice that, surprise. That's, that's always a nice surprise. When yeah. You're like, oh, wow, oh, okay. Yeah. I had a good time. So it's a, it's a balance. But obviously yeah. it is, you're right. It's about listening to what you're body saying yeah. what you're feeling yeah. and if you're if you're not feeling doing all of that yeah. then yeah obviously I used to be go. so like nervous back in the day I was like I have to be everywhere to yeah. and now I'm like I just don't yeah I don't care. like it's just like oh no actually I really love my I love my presence and mm. I can deal with myself and I enjoy being by myself that it's important for me I realise I'm an extrovert introvert <laughs> and it's important that I recharge as well yeah because sometimes you just have back to back. We've been there, man. Do you know what I mean? I, mean like, I will be at these places and I'll have fun and I'll be a chatty yeah. whatever. But there's days when I'm just like, oh, I'm just mm. in my house. It's yeah. fine. It's actually okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's Tapio Magabi. The book is called Zimbabwe. Yeah. And it's the poem that I love is called Tides. Yeah. And um, yes, go out and get it. Tweet him. Hashtag him. Do whatever. Bombard his mentions. Get the books. Um, yeah. he's written so many things and he's on Instagram at Mugabe Tapi I think it is or but anyway if you, if you search him you'll find him yeah on there. lovely okay so my first poem that I've chosen that I I remember the first time I read this poem I just was like because it taught me appreciation of myself mm-hmm. um, and it's by Sir Derek Alton Walcott um you know, St. Lucian poet. Derek Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know him. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a really lovely uh, collection of poetry, actually, um, that you guys should get. I'll get the name up for you guys later when I remember. But um, yeah, he's like is, it Odyssey, is it Odyssey? Odyssey. Yeah. yeah I loved Odyssey. Oh, I studied I want, it. I tried to memorise, like, the first, <laughs> the first, like, two pages. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I was, I loved Odyssey. But yeah, he's obviously a Nobel Prize. He's got a Nobel Prize in literature, an amazing St. Lucian uh, playwright and poet. Um, the poem that I've chosen off is a poem that he has called um, Love After Love. I think you must have heard it. Mm-hmm. So it goes like this. The time will come when, with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door, in your own mirror, and each will smile at the other's welcome. And say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm annoyed now because that went. Whom you ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the le- Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes, 
Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit. Feast on your life. I fucking love that poem. Mm. Adore it. Um, And I think for me, this poem is very much like, obviously you have the main issue of you've ignored yourself for so long. Like you will love again the stranger who was yourself. And I think that for me is so important because in this life, there are so many things that happen um, that make us forget our purpose. It makes us forget um, our own goals and it makes us forget or, or it makes us almost negligent to ourselves. And I think it's very important to naturally always care about people um, you know, have fun, enjoy your life. But there is a sacred responsibility, I feel, in in loving yourself. Course, and yeah. it's not even like a responsibility whereby, you know, this whole like kind of Twitter, social media, love yourself, girl, you know, hey, like it's not that. It's almost, I, I say like, I don't want to say biblical, but it's, it's sacred. Um, and it, in protecting your, your, not just your soul, but the thing that houses your soul, your body, seeing yourself is so vital in, I guess, mental progression that you need to appreciate yourself and almost mother yourself. Like you grow up and other people don't take care of you because they assume that you can take care of yourself. But in taking care of yourself, you have to assume the responsibilities that maybe your mother or father or or guardians have taken care of you before. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important to be able to look after yourself, whether it's going to the gym, taking yourself. Like I always think of it as like the prisms or like the sort of triangle of like mental, physical, spiritual self. If those those three things can come to an equilibrium. Naturally, things will happen that will rock the boat in in each sort of hemisphere, but always coming back to yourself and greeting that person that you see in the mirror and being able to smile. Most definitely. And also, I think for me in this poem, the last line I love because like sit, feast on your life is like, I was even talking about just going back to therapy when I, when I was I remember telling like back in the day, this was like, God, like January and I was mm-hmm. really unhappy. And I was telling my therapist like, I don't, I'm not grateful for my life. Like I'm not grateful for the good things that I have because I don't see them. And and she's like, she was literally like, do you like, do you sit and like, do you sit with yourself and look at the good things and, and have active gratefulness? Don't just say you're grateful, but do you actively like practice gratefulness? And I'm like, nah. So she was like, she gave me this like piece of paper with like little things to do. So she's like 20 things that I have to do every day. And I just sit and appreciate it. So whether it's having my morning coffee, whether it's looking at the sun, whether it's like breathing in and just writing it down. Like I appreciated the sun today. Mm -hmm. I appreciated taking this. And for me, that kind of goes really well with this whole idea of feasting on your life. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost like, as you say, your your spirit is full because yeah. you're eating up all of these amazing things that you should be grateful for. And they could be so mundane, like the sun rising and you watching it. It could be your friend laughing and you just taking in that happiness mm. from them. Um, so yeah, love after love. I, I, it's, I think it's like one of the most beautiful- Love after love. Beautiful poems. Is it in Odyssey? It's in Odyssey. Um, I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't, I doubt it. Okay. But- um, cool. But yeah, Love After Love by Sir Derek Walcott. Read it, guys. It's one of my Uh-oh. faves. <laughs> what do we have for you for you? What's your next one? Um, so this is the contemporary classic. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite poets 
is uh, Pablo Neruda. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he spun me <laughs> when, when I first started reading him. Obviously, because I was, I think I was, I was studying Spanish at yeah. the time, and I found it. And I just, and you know, obviously they read better in Spanish, but mm. um, which, I'm not, which, which I'm not going to do today. But no, they always, <laughs> um, they always put both. They oh, put the okay. English, they put the Spanish and the English and after. English, yeah. So in like most of his, uh, his most of his copies, yeah. his work. Okay. Um, Pablo Neruda was a very interesting man. Um, you know, he kind of married politics and literature and he, uh, in his life mm-hmm. as well. Um, he's a very private man. Um, and yeah, and he wrote extensively mm-hmm. about love. Um, and this book, this book, this poem, <laughs> All right, it's not morbid, guys, but it's called, it's called When I Die, oh, I Want Your Hands on My Eyes. Ooh. Yeah, and this is your happy poem. Yeah, it's not even a happy poem. Like the thing is, all right. So happy, <laughs> or does it give you joy? Happiness is exactly. subjective. Um, okay, but like I mean, it's not necessarily a happy poem. It doesn't make me happy. It just makes me think about um a kind of love. Mm. Okay, so let's do this. Let's get Alex's Reed's voice. <clears throat> <clears throat> that voice. Hashtag that voice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm, all right. <laughs> When I die, I want your hands on my eyes. I want the light and wheat of your beloved hands to pass their freshness over me one more time to feel the smoothness that changed my destiny. I want you to live while I wait for you asleep. I want for your eats to go on hearing the wind. Sorry, I want for your ears to go on hearing the wind, for you to smell the sea that we loved together and for you to go on walking the sand where we've walked. I want for what I love to go on living. And as for you, I loved you and sang you above everything. For that, go on flowering, flowery one, so that you reach all that my love orders for you, so that my shadow passes through your hair, so that they know by the reason for my song. So... So, especially that last bit, hold on. So, yeah. so that you reach all that my love orders for you, so that my shadow passes through your hair, so that they know by this the reason for my song. Again, it's a question, it's a question of legacy. Legacy, legacy, legacy. Legacy, because yeah. um, I think, what was I listening to? I was listening to a, a podcast and, um, and it's, it's hosted by a therapist mm. and he reads out a lot of people's dilemmas and whatnot that they have about therapy and obviously he just claims that I'm not your therapist I'm not your X, Y and Z I'm yeah. just giving a general thing um, and there was a question about what do you do when your counsellor dies because she I think it was a woman yeah she went to therapy and she was like you know she couldn't get through to them she, she wanted you know because obviously you build a connection and relationship with this yeah. therapist and you know she went to the office and then it was like oh all um therapy sessions with this person need to be rearranged blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. she's like what's going on where is she yeah. etc and obviously when you have anxiety you don't want to be left yeah sort of thing. so you build a connection with somebody then they go and it's like this this person this yeah. is the person i want i can't live without it i yeah. can't you know what i mean and um obviously when they die what do you do and he was basically saying look like as a therapist they see a lot of their patients come and go. Mm. Like literally, some of them survive, some of them don't always survive, and it's a process of him trying to figure out like what that takes mm-hmm. as a therapist and whatnot. So on the other side, he can understand the kind of the anxiety that they have as the patient because yeah. they have the needs 
Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the therapist kind of like has to provide the balance for it. Yeah. But what he said was that like, because obviously he doesn't necessarily believe in anything after. He doesn't necessarily, he doesn't, he's not discounting that he doesn't, it's not there. He just doesn't know, obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously as men of science or people of science therapists. But then he was like, it's all about what you leave here mm-hmm. that's all that's the only thing that we can kind of like focus on yeah and a lot of people they don't tend to focus on that when it comes to death especially when it comes to dogmatic religion and it comes to all of those kind of beliefs yeah it's all about oh i'm i'm going to the promised land i'm going there this is what i'm going to do yeah. and it's like okay but what are you doing here what is the impact that what you're going to leave what are you going to leave here yeah why are you you know like do they have why children focus on that because I feel like people with children think a lot about what they leave behind or people who want children. You know, oh, possibly. But yeah. who's they? Oh, as in the question. That, Just and, like individuals. Yeah, I mean, that sometimes, I mean, like, it, it depends on what you what you deem as, because the thing is, right, you know, being a parent, it doesn't, not necessarily you actually having to be the biological parent to any of these yeah, kids yeah, or definitely. whatever. And it depends, it all depends on what you, what your mission is, what your goals are what your purpose is and all yeah. that stuff. And yeah, like, so this poem was quite like, when you're leaving somebody behind, what do you want to leave them with? Mm. Do you want to be remembered in them mm. when you go? And that's kind of what Pablo was writing about. He's like, this is kind of, I want to be like, and it is a kind of a narcissistic thing in a way, yeah. because obviously that I think by the time you get to death, all you really have is narcissism, because you're just like, well, I was thinking about it the other day, I was like, I was sitting there, I was watching TV, and I was like, this is so mad, the fact that I'm human, I'm alive, I'm conscious, I'm watching TV yeah. of other people who are alive, human, or alive, depending yeah. on who, alive, conscious, and human, yeah. and I'm just like, at any point, that could end. Yeah. And then that was, and and, and it's all about what are you leaving? So for example, that work that they're doing on TV, that will continue when they die because it's part of their catalogue. You know, this work we're doing will continue when when we go because it's, you know. But you don't even need to look at it as just death. Like for me, it's just equally as important as you meet people and then you just one day don't, they don't have them in your lives. I think it's very important to always think about actually who, whenever I'm communicating with someone, what is the impact that I'm having on them? Was it Maya Angelou who said, or I don't know who, but it's like people always remember how you you made them feel feel Mm -hmm. because you can do all sorts, but when you're gone and you're not there and somebody mentions your name, that first instinct is, oh, they made me feel this way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, for me anyway, it's very important that like I impact people in, in a positive light. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm pissed off sometimes, I try and like, I guess it's like a now a new thing. It's like just constantly thinking, not constantly, but just thinking like, actually, I don't know you, but this is why I'm like, be kind to strangers or do you know what I mean because that kindness goes a very long way mm-hmm. the thing I the thing I can't really tolerate is <laughs> um no I can't talk, like I mean whatever people's perception they have of another person mm. whatever experience they've had of another person whatever they decide is um whatever they decide is that affirmed thing that they believe about that X, Y, Z person yeah. I can't abide negative talk about said people do you see what I mean yeah because like everybody's changing everybody's in flux 
everybody has a right to feel angry. Everybody has a right to feel upset. Yeah. Everybody has also has a right to be happy. Everybody has a right to be joyful Absolutely. and at peace. Yeah. So it's like when you're, um, when you're generally being kind to people, be kind genuinely. Genuinely, yeah. Be genuinely be kind and believe. Yeah. In what you are saying and yeah. what you're believing, and what I and and you and you should be consistent in your kindness as well, because you know what? I like that consistency. Yeah, consistency yeah. in your kindness, and yeah. and the thing is, it's something to work on as well, mm. because it's like if you're kind to somebody and you're kind and you're like you know you're you're generally friendly and less kind and you you want the best because when For I go them, yeah yeah when I go into certain situations and and encounter people, I just I meet them. I meet them with love. I meet yeah. them with kindness because there's no, I don't. So literally, you have to meet them with that kindness, genuinely. Yeah. And that's kind of, and that is what I kind of like believe when we when we go forward and we and we start to meet new people because hanging on to all these things like you're the person that's suffering is not the other person or the other person. You know what I mean? If you meet somebody, and obviously. There are going to be disagreements. There are going to be problems. There are going to yeah. be issues. There are going to be miscommunication. There are going to be all these things. But I think the sooner we understand that they are all processes of life, the sooner you get over it. No, that you sooner get over it. Yeah, processes of life, like, but who's in, and it's all about who's carrying it next. Yeah, like, you know what I mean, who's like, bearing that burden? I'm not like you know why are you carry like you're if you're carrying issues and problems that the other person is no longer carrying. Who's tired? Honestly, you. Nobody else. So that's why you cannot take pan- uh, paracetamol or whatever for somebody else's headache. There we go. You just end up drugged. Can you imagine? <laughs> and people ask you what's wrong, and you're like nothing. Yeah, because now you now you're the one that's suffering. And yeah. Like, and that's and that was one of the biggest things that I had to kind of learn. Yeah. Um, just in general. You know? The one thing I learned is like just having my own energy. Mm-hmm. and like my own energy being consistent with me and it not tampering or changing depending on like the people I'm around and I think that's what I used to go for a lot and now it's like yeah. actually this is where I am I'm not going to reach up to your level or go down or up or whatever just like energy states because mm-hmm. back in the day when like someone was sad and I used to be around them I used to also get sad Yeah, I used to just take it on and I would just be so down Yeah, and then it's like why, why am I sad? Yeah. Nothing and, has happened to me. Yeah. And the thing is like and what one of my friends said to me last week was um we are responsible for our own a relationships and our own happiness. Um, happiness and reactions to the Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like, you know I mean? Like, I, I can't be responsible for you. Yeah. You can't be responsible for me. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? But we can be responsible for how we interact and react yeah. to certain things with regards to one another, yeah. for example. Um, and, yeah, and that was kind of, um, that's kind of where this poem led me. But, um... I like it. I love Pablo Neruda. I'm gonna yeah. go, when I go home, I'm going to read like all of his stuff <laughs> and just like binge on that. Yeah. Okay. So my next poem is a quite, you know, a famous poem by Maya Angelou called Caged Bird. And I chose this poem because I feel like it really like relates to my life and how far I've come as just a young woman. Um, just last year and this year for me has been such a growth period. Um, and it has been the most exhilarating, adventurous, like ride, but a ride that is like almost like self-discovery in a way. I feel like before I was a caged bird in that I, the only time I'd go out to fly as it were is under somebody else's time or from somebody else. Um, and sometimes a girl just wants to fly, right? Um, and there's that freedom that when you know entrapment, when you taste freedom, it feels so much sweeter. Mm. Um, but freedom in everything, freedom of thought, freedom of life, freedom of appreciation, the freedom to make your own decisions. Um, yeah, so this is Caged Bird by Maya Angelou. A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current ends and dips his wing in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. But a bird that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage, his wings are clipped and his feet are tied so he opens his throat to sing. The cage bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still and his tune is heard on the distant hill for the caged bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze and the trade winds soft for the sighting tree, sighing trees and the fat worms waiting on a dawn bright lawn and he names the sky his own. But a caged Bird stands on the grave of dreams. His shadow shouts on a nightmare scream. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied. So he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still. And his tune is heard on the distant hill for the caged bird sings of freedom. I love the poem so much. I love it so much. Her imagery is like, Top notch, on fleek. like legit, like just phenomenal. And I think for me, it's the dichotomous relationship between the free bird and the caged bird in that the free bird names the sky his own. You know, this free bird dares to claim the sky. Mm. Like this is where I belong. Whereas the caged bird, all they can do is sing. 
out loud. That is how to get their message across. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the luxury of naming the sky their own. They don't have the luxury of daring to claim the sky as it were. Um, and this poem really makes me happy because it really shows you that even if you don't have certain freedoms, you still have your voice and your voice is just as powerful um, and your voice is just as interesting and and valuable um and i think it was is it dr king or that said like if you can't it might have been my angela again but you know if you can't change something with your hands then change it with this and if you can't change it with maybe your hands and your actions then mm. change it with your words or just the, the most the thing that you have is your voice even if you don't have the power to do anything else you have your voice to encourage or condemn do you know what I mean I think that's really powerful and I think every sort of girl young woman man young man like everyone as soon as they realize the power of their voice is it's almost like ah I have this thing that I have been in like given intrinsically to speak out on things mm-hmm. um so yeah this is why I love this poem so I chose it. Makes it's me happy. Beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. I like her poem, um, In and Out of Time. In and Out of Time? Was it The Mists Are Gone, The Winds Are Cleared? I can't remember what the first line is, but it's something to do with um, the sunshine. Because <sighs> I remember they read it at um, Medea's family reunion on um, Tyler Perry's. The sun has come. The sun has come. The mists are cleared. The mist has gone. The mist has we gone. see in the distance our long way home. Yeah. I was always yours to have. You were always mine. We have loved each, each other, other in and out, out of time. time. When yeah. the first stone looked up at the blazing sun and the first tree struggled up from the forest floor, I had always loved you more. Oh, wow. That's funny. I, I memorized it at, yeah. at one point. Like I just, I knew you freed it. your braids, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you freed your braids. And it, it, Gave your said, hair to the breeze. She, you said you dipped your ends in honey or something like, um, something like that. I reached in the mass for the sweet honeycomb there. Hmm. God, how I love your hair. You mm. saw me bludgeoned by circumstance, lost, injured, hurt by That's chance. Right. I screamed to the heavens, loudly screamed, trying to change our nightmares into dreams. The sun has come. The mist has gone. We see in the distance our long way home i was always yours to have you were always mine we have loved each other in, in and, and out, out of time in and out in and out of time it's so funny because i always oh, it's, it's a beautiful poem when i read it i read it and then i but then i remember seeing it under tyler perry and you were film. just like ah! and, and, and the thing is the way she performed it she was like in and out like, in and out <laughs> in and out of time <laughs> and i was like <laughs> what is this ghetto like, okay maya the no doc, maya, dr. maya. Um, dr maya maya's imagery beautiful man beautiful like she really has think, a real yeah, key, like, a real, hand on the word it's a real wedding poem hmm. okay um, What's your next one? So my final one is um, it's a bit more fun, and I love this because it's um, it's a book. You know, okay, so basically, it's by Dr. Seuss. Oh God, here we go. And I love it. It's from the book Places You'll Go, and it was written in 1990. And uh, it's one of those poems that I think that I would, if I have children, I would read it to them. I, I like often. Yeah. Um, my nieces and nephews I'll definitely do the same because I feel like it's such a um, emphatic poem just about trying to um, sort of journeys and about like ambition Mm -hmm. Um, it's quite long but I'll, I'll read it anyway okay 
oh, the places you will go. Oh, I know this poem. Congratulations. Sorry. Today's your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. Yeah. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You are on your own and you know what to know. And you know what you know, and you are the guy who will ah, and you are the guy who will decide where to go. Mm-hmm. You will look up and down streets, look them over with care. About some, you will say, "I don't choose to go there." With your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet, you're too smart to go down any not so good street. And you may not find any you'll want to go down. In that case, of course, you'll head straight out of town. It's opener there, in the wide open air. Out there, things can happen and frequently do to people as brainy and footsie as you. And when things start to happen, don't worry, don't stew, just go right along. You'll start happening too. Oh, the places you'll go. You'll be on your way up. You'll be seeing great sights. You'll join the high flyers who soar to high heights. You won't lag behind because you'll have the speed. You'll pass the whole gang and you'll soon take the lead. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best of the best. Wherever you go, you will top all the rest. Except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. Mm. You'll get mixed up, of course, as you already know. You'll get mixed up with many strange birds as you do. So be sure when you step, step with care and great tact. And remember that life's a great balancing act. Just never forget to be dexterous and deft and never mix up your right foot with your left. (laughs) And will you succeed? Yes, you will succeed. 98 and three quarters percent guaranteed. Kid, you'll move mountains. So be your name Boxham or Bixie or Bray or Mordecai, Ali, Van Allen, O'Shea. You're off to great places. Today's your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. I love that. I love. I love Doctor Seuss. So nice. I love Doctor Seuss because it's basically obviously it's for kids. He wrote for kids, but obviously Mm. he's one of those writers that writes for kids, but adults take the message. Yeah, you can. It's one of those timeless things. Yeah, Um, it reminds me of the the Truth Pixie by Matt Haig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that style. Yeah. Yeah. So it was beautiful. Like just. You know, because like he doesn't he presents like you know you've got all of these you've got all of these options around you, and if yeah. you can't find options here, you go to the next place. If you go to the next place, you can find success elsewhere yeah. outside. If there's no streets that take you here, then you, you can leave yeah. town and go somewhere else and find any way. Don't go down the wrong street because yeah. you know don't mix up your right foot with your left. Mm. You, but he said it's not always going to go well. You know, so like you know what I mean it's just like and and the the more you think about it you will succeed 98 and three and three quarters percent, you know? So I was like, because like he's like, uh, you know, like you will succeed in yeah. your thoughts because like all the places that you'll go, all the things that you will achieve, all yeah. the people that you'll meet, all the things you will do, that's your life. Yeah. And I think that setting up children with those kinds of mentalities and those kinds of stories, because I remember the book. That positive onset. I remember the book and it's like, you know how he's got all those cats that look really, that yeah. look really weird. There's kind of like those who's and whatnot, but like, you know, it's a guy who's just walking around with, with his briefcase. Yeah. He doesn't, he's kind of like in the town and then he's yeah. not, and he's out and he's walking up all these hills and he's on in air balloons and he's trying to go places yeah. and whatnot. So beautiful, beautiful poem. Oh, the places you will go. Lovely. That make, it makes you feel like, so like hopeful. Yeah. It makes you feel like I have I have options. 
you'll get mixed up of course as you already know you'll get mixed up with many strange birds as you go so be sure when you step step with care and great tact remember that life's a great balancing act it is just never just never forget to be dexterous and deft <laughs> and never mix up your right foot with your left right, right. as long as you have you're walking and you're talking and you've got a brain and you're yeah. thinking just and keep just keep grafting mate keep going yeah keep going I like that that's made me really happy Mm. Right, my final poem. Obviously, we got to take it way back to my main G, William Shakespeare. Oh God! Um, I was gonna do Darling Buds of May, but apparently, I've been doing that too many times, and I can't do that because everybody knows that's one of my good um, favorite sonnets. So I'll take it back to one that I used to love before that, which is Sonnet One Thirty. Always made me happy because it made me realize like imperfections that you think you have are somebody else's perfect Mm -hmm. and perspective is key and even it's not even about somebody else but those imperfections or I don't even want to call them imperfections just things that maybe you don't like or you want to change Mm -hmm. they are intrinsic parts of you and for me I think that value from people comes I mean I guess it's just a religious thing but I could have I like regardless of what you do of who you do (laughs) of like the friends that you have the money that you have in your bank account you have intrinsic value because you are made like you have been perfectly made and that the value for me stems like the value of people and myself stems from being the the conscious creation of a higher power Mm. in a way and I think this um, sonnet is kind of like yeah like it's a play it's a little playful but it's perfect at the end because the, the rhyming couplet at the end really brings it together mm. to be like, you, you're you not comparable to anybody else. So it's called Sonnet 130. My mistress's eyes are nothing like the sun. Coral is far more red than her lips red. If snow be white, why then her breasts are done? If hairs be wires, black wires grow on her head. I have seen roses damasked red and white, but no such roses see I in her cheeks. And in some perfumes is there more delight than in the breath that my mistress reeks. I love to hear her speak, yet will I know that music hath a far more pleasing sound. I grant I never saw a goddess go. My mistress, when she walks, treads on the ground. And yet, by heaven, I think my love as rare as any she belied with false compare. Hmm. It makes me so happy. It's like... And she be lied with false Right? Compare. It's like she's as, as like, by heavens. Mm. I think my love as rare as any she be lied with false compare. I think it's the most beautiful thing. And it just makes you think like, yeah, like, I might, my rose, my cheeks aren't rosy. They may, they may not be rosy, but I'm like perfect in my own way and I mm. cannot be compared. Mm. And yeah, it just reminds me of that quote, like no one is you and that is your power. You know, if you, maybe you lean on to, into that more, you lean into yourself more than leaning into um, expectations, leaning into what you think the world wants of you, leaning, if you lean more into other people and that comparison, it's a really damaging thing because you're doing a disservice onto yourself yeah. because you cannot be compared to anybody. Yeah. Um, and when you know that, I think that's like, for me, it's like you've reached a higher power. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. this is me and I can't be compared to anybody and I can't compare myself to anyone, be it good or bad, you know? So yeah, 
Sonnet One Thirty makes me really happy. Reminds me that I'm unique and lovely. Yeah, cool. And those are like the, I'm very, you know, are the poems that the mood has just gone like ah. Oh. Just relaxed. <laughs> um, so those are the poems that we had. Let's run through them again. So your poem was my first poem is "Love After Love" by Sir Derek Walcott. My second poem was "Cage Bird" by Maya Angelou, and my third poem is "Sonnet One Thirty by William Shakespeare. My first poem was "Tribes" by Tapuia Mugabe. My second was Pablo Neruda's "When I Die." What's it called? <laughs> when I die. When I die. When I die. I don't know. Got what it was called. Bants. You've actually forgotten. Yeah, when I die, I want your. I don't know. Because I turned um, my internet off <laughs> and I literally just forgot. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, so, yeah, so my first poem was Tapir Mugabe's um, Tribes. Second was Pablo Neruda's When I Die, I Want Your Hands on My Eyes. Third poem was Oh, The Places You Will Go by Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. And we had honourable mention to In and Out of Time by Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou. Yay. Cool. Do you feel happy? Yeah, I yeah. Feel really I feel really relaxed. I feel content. I feel like... This, this is my everyday state. So, really? Welcome, feel, so welcome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I feel really relaxed. Don't unpack, boo. Unpack? Don't unpack. Like my life? No, no, it's fine. No, but don't worry. Yes. I won't. Yeah, I'll fine. unpack later. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Tell us all your poems that make you happy. Comments. Subscribe down below. Okay. That's, um, and right. then we can move on to our next section. All right, cool. So, all right. So, Ray's... Oh, God. The re-education of Ray. Yeah. I'm changing this. Oh, God. In a way that will get Ray to actually have to do some work. <laughs> because... I'm tired. I'm tired of you giving me jobs. No, I'm tired. Giving you, giving, I'm giving you things to do because okay. I like. If you guys remember several weeks back, I asked her to watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I haven't. Has it been done? No. Well then, so there's there's there's, there's an issue. <laughs> yeah. Here, mm-hmm. you're not taking this seriously. seriously. Yeah. You're not doing the work that you're supposed to be All doing. All right, I will. You have. Okay. What do? What are you changing um, it into? So what I'm going to do? I'm going to assign you tasks. Wow. Each episode. So not only do I and have, and you need to, and you need, and you need to feedback and review. That that piece okay. that I've that I've given you to, okay. to do. All right. So yeah. what are you going to give me? I'm going to give you waiting to exhale. I've seen it. I know. Read the like, book. The, I've seen yeah, it. Yeah. I want you to watch it again. But also, okay. I want you to. But this isn't really. I, I want you. I want you to go through the soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I want you to talk through the artists that are that are wow yeah? that's some homework that's, that's just listen to it listen this to is it. dissertation level listening to it and so you it. want me to watch Oasis to Excel again watch Oasis to Excel again and then listen to the soundtrack the soundtrack yeah? okay cool and you have you know ample amount of time yeah. to do so okay everybody you heard it, you heard it here first that is what she's going to be doing she's going to be waiting to Excel also Angela Bassett in that film that's, gang gang that's, that's me good. yeah that's me that is Oasis to Excel that is no, I know that's not what it takes. Wait, is it not? Anyway, we'll watch it. Wait, it is because it's got um thing in it as well. Who? Yeah. Our girl. I know her name. Obviously. Do you? Ah, uh, Whitney. Okay. <laughs> Look at your face. You thought? No, Loki. The, the the name like I was shit. I was, I was literally I'm shaming like, myself. I was like, oh fuck. Okay. In my head, I was anyway, like, I want to dance with <laughs> So Ray is watching that and listening to the soundtrack, and we're going to come back to the artist on that soundtrack. And I know obviously ver- it's got Whitney with various questions about said 
artists and said songs. <laughs> so that is the reiteration of, of Rave Repeat. Not much. As for curated by Alex Reed, <laughs> um, circa 2019. Kind of odd. We started, we started a while back and then we just got lost. <laughs> we just didn't do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, I just found the table. So, mostly flicks. Mostly flicks. What week. have you watched this week? So, what have we been what, what have you been watching this week? What's new? What's up? So, I finished Stranger Things season three. Okay. I really enjoyed this season. I think the one aspect that I enjoyed is the fact that obviously the boys and the uh, two girls, um, Ella Max, are like you know growing up, and I think it's that mm-hmm. it's that growing up awkward teenage phase um, that was played out so wonderfully and I love the relationship between um, Elle and Max the girl um, the ginger one yeah. because it was kind of like she you know she's like come to do feminist queen up in here uh, she's like you know don't Max. let yeah like yeah. don't let boys you know da, 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 dump his ass and then Elle is, just doesn't know what's going on in life and she's, she's like, like I, I dump your ass <laughs> 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 um, why are you lie friends don't lie yeah. I'm like oh like, it's so cute how yeah. these like principles that you have as a kid yeah. get like you know there's a great area and all of a sudden it's you know yeah yeah but I think that's one of those um it's like you know it's one of those seasons that I was like I think it's a, it's a really good season I really enjoyed it and what yeah. it did what it did make me think though it kind of made me long I, I think I said this before on the, on the episode but I think yeah. um it did make me long for a childhood that I never had like going in, out in a decade that I never, that I was never going to experience anyway. But you were, I mean? you could have, I did. No, no, but the thing is, like, I feel like there's something specific about being that. a child in the '80s in comparison yeah. to being a child in the '90s or the noughties. Do you see yeah. what I mean? There's something very specific about yeah. it. There's the lack of technology. There's the trust that you have of your children, yeah. of your your parents. You're have back of at your, eight. You're back at eight. You're yeah. back before the sun comes yeah. down. That's when you see you back at this door. Yeah. Inside. And then, then you can get to go on adventures, yeah. you like know? The, like the whole season is done in the summer holiday. Basically. It's the first time when they're not at school. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, it's all done in the summer holiday. And it's a, but it's also a great like story of like, this season's a great story of them literally growing up. Yeah. Like Elle, like Elle and what's it will is it will well yeah and will actually be in a relationship and, and then you see the different types of relationship like type. mike with luke is it lucas max with lucas max with lucas, max with lucas. and how their relationship is very different to but it's not but they're very like they yeah. they bounce off each they other bounce, yeah and like so she's consistently annoyed but i know that she genuinely, she genuinely cares, likes him yeah, she's like, yeah. oh, we've broken up several times we've broken yeah. up so many times <laughs> i've taken him back and like you know what i mean it's like it's all of that stuff yeah. and it's just back and forth and she's fiery and he's just like goofy and yeah. all that stuff and uh and then obviously um being taught how to you know buy her something nice yeah. but then you're a child so you really can't afford anything yeah, like and i think that um even is it whose mum is it what's um will is it will's mum so it's not will and Elle's relationship what's his oh, name oh sorry mike no who's mike again i don't know I oh man the, i can't remember like their faces i remember their faces but it's just like their names the yeah names. um but yeah, but like, and obviously Lucas's sister in the in the show. Oh my god, stand out! Yeah, stand, stand out. out! She was like, like, she did it for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I was literally like, no, like this young girl because she was a nerd, but she doesn't want to be a nerd. Yeah. So we've got, I think, it, oh, it's um, it's not Millie. Dustin is like the goofy one. Dust, I Dustin. love Dustin. Dustin's great. Mike is the one who's with L. Lucas is the black guy yeah. with um Yeah, sorry. Max. So, so Mike and L. And it's Will. It is yeah, Will. Mike and L's relationship. L and um, Will like really like 
he's so, a weird like, one. Not a weird one, but he's, he's kinda, the one that wants to hold on to childhood. Yeah, he wants to hold on to childhood. He wants to yeah. hold on to the friendship. He wants yeah. to make sure that the friendship nothing changes. Nothing you know, changes. when you grow up and things start yeah, changing, and and you get scared. Like, that's, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like you start to now, now you're no longer doing like the childish yeah. things. You're and he just wants to play D and D, which a, you can still play as an adult. By the way, I play it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so he wants to play D and D, but obviously they're just like, well, we got bigger things. We, we got yeah, things to figure. Like, I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out my relationship. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. then it's like, you know, and um, that was really lovely to yeah, see actually. And what are the names of the guys that were that, that worked in the ice cream parlor? Oh, Steve. Steve and um, um, oh, I forgot her name. Ma- well, her name is Maya Hawk. I forgot her name in the actual show. Um, but their relationship was great. Like I thought it was wonderful. And then obviously she turns out to be lesbian, yeah. and I love his reaction because like, she was so nervous. Oh, yeah. And then it's like she was like, oh, you know. And then he started taking like the Mickey out of the girl that yeah. she actually likes, yeah. and it was really sweet. Yeah, and I, I liked that because it was like, well, this is different. Yeah. And obviously for it, the time, it, for the time yeah. as well. And it's like you know you can't really be expected to. Um, can't expect it just to think it's going to be the same this, this narrative oh yeah. he, she's, he, she has a crush on him like, and, and they're going to get because I thought they were cliche. definitely going to get together I was like, oh, I was like in my head I was like oh just a kind of cliche yeah. but, I was like, but oh, when genuinely. they switched that up I was, I was like, like that's good oh yeah and um, what I think I loved about this season is that they gave each characters their own plot line and then in the end it all came together, all together so yeah. they gave them like lit different limbs of the same thing yeah, yeah. but it's about how they come together yeah, to figure it Dustin, out Dustin Steve Erica yeah. and my girlfriend the parlor I can't remember her name yeah. was oh I forgot but, her um, name as well but she yeah, yeah. those four those four like they, for me, they stole it from me because yeah. obviously they were, they're the ones obviously that have not been literally at the forefront of any yeah. of it at the beginning even um even Mike's sister and her and Will's Nancy, brother Nancy, Nancy and and um Jonathan Nancy and Jonathan yeah now they annoy me but they're they're kind that of like cool. they're kind of thing and like obviously they're like proper like teenagers yeah, 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 like, like young going adults, to, going to adults yeah. stuff and then obviously working in journalism and then yeah. trying, and, like, and being around all these disgusting men like these like old out. white men like, who just have men, no respect like just no respect for her at all calling her Nancy you know Drew. what I mean and, and he's and he's just basically he's not being respected but he's basically just keeping his head down and yeah. just trying to get what he wants to get out of it yeah. and like she she's just, ambitious yeah. and she wants more and even Nancy's mum like the thing is even Nancy's mum Nancy's mum was given and, uh, you know and she was given a thing and she was like you know the, the longing do I cheat the longing for more for, for like a spice in my you know, life like, you know, and I'm family like, and giving it it was a really was great like, it season it was it was there was depth to the season there was yeah, so much there was, happening it was so much like, better than season two in my opinion yeah so it is one of the best ones and I'm sure yeah. there's, I think there's only going to be four seasons so I think there's going to be one more but um phenomenal yeah, um anyway but yeah the young black girl Erica yeah was so many things because she likes like my little pony and then it was Dustin trying to explain to her that you're actually a nerd yeah yeah. because these are the things that are like tropes of nerdism or whatever and I thought that was phenomenal and And she's so smart yeah yeah yeah. she's she's trying to to hide it yeah yeah yeah. Oh, phenomenal. Well, great season. Great, great season. season, yeah. Um, so that's what I've been watching. Basically, okay. just have been finishing that off. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I just finished off um, New Amsterdam on Amazon Prime. Oh, yes. How um, was it? Really good. Yeah. Um, it, it made me just... So, childbirth, I'm just like... <laughs> Oh, people, we're talking about this today. Just people. I'm just like, this doesn't look fun for anybody involved. I'm just very much like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there are several scenes. So New Amsterdam is um, it's kind of, it's a it's a hospital drama, um, on Amazon Prime. It's quite funny, uh, very dramatic. Um, it's no Grey's Anatomy. However, I feel like it 
I feel like it's a little bit more serious than Grey's Anatomy. Really? Yeah, a little bit more serious. Um, Grey's is a backyard. Oh, okay. Um, and it's good. Um, it has an ama- it has an amazing um, end of season season, season season one finale. I don't watch Suits. Oh, sorry. It's an amazing end of finale. Okay. Season finale. Yeah. It's really great. I also, I started watching um, this this uh, show called The Boys on Amazon Prime as well, mm-hmm. and I think it's really good. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a superhero thing um, but okay and so in this world super superheroes are common like yeah. they are kind of like it, when you when you are super abled when you become super abled as a child or whatever um, they, there's a company called Vought mm-hmm. who kind of like who the superhero can work for right and they work for Vought and then they get spread out across the country right. so for example if we were in um, Chicago Detroit mm-hmm. whatever um or Illinois, sorry, not Detroit. Um, and uh, we were super abled or whatever. And we were the, the, the state's superheroes. So like, you know what I mean? Oh, so, wow. so Vought would have that kind of thing. But then obviously the top of the top seven, they're called the seven, they're the top superheroes of it. Where are they and placed? They're, they're just across everything. Oh, so if there's a big crime. Or Who gave something. Vought this power? This is what I'm saying. This is what we're trying to figure out. Ooh, okay, so, I'm going to watch it. It's so good. You know me, I but love also, your yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, so they have the seven and whatnot. And it's about this, um, one of the superheroes, she takes another one's place and she becomes uh, number seven mm-hmm. of it. But then also, but the story is more about these group of mavericks who like who hate the seven who hate what the superheroes have done because they have too much power and like they get away with so much shit are the mavericks able super able no no no, they're not but they have knowledge and they have like real world knowledge and they kind of like and all the superheroes are ranked so like you can be an a-lister superhero which is the seven you got the b-listers the d-listers so who um who's where's the narration coming from is it coming Um, from the seven it's no it's just an observation it's like a so it's a world. So it's not just so like not, one so, person. So no one's no one person's narrating it. You know what I mean? I like see. it's a it's a whole perspective. There's so much happening. Yeah. Um, really good. I feel like there's a Me Too moment in it. Mm. Um, I feel like it was kind of clumsily thrown in there, mm. but um, it does kind of enable something else to happen in the storyline. So I feel like, well, it needed to happen. It yeah. needed to be a thing. But it also kind of made me understand a lot more about the person yeah. who was quote unquote generating that abuse on the on the woman yeah so, but yeah there's a lot going on there it's very dc-ish but not really oh. it's very it's a dark comedy mm. it's nice it's a, it's a it's good to watch like okay. i was i was annoyed that i had to leave it yesterday before i went out but i was like oh my god look i want to yeah okay it. i'll give it a watch um, the boys the boys really good okay nice um and so today we decided to watch um the pursuit of happiness just to fit in with our general theme of things that make us happy literally (laughs) we just finished it and i started crying um because it was such a beautiful film it's emotional man yeah um and yes general thoughts what did you think of the film when it came out and when you first watched it every day running so um, (laughs) honestly the story is about chris gardiner um who has a son called christopher and um, he splits up with his wife because, um, you know, money issues and they're not having they're not having enough money in and it's a bit very stressful and things and payments can't be kept up and stuff. Chris ultimately ends up on this whole journey of like... Wanting to I, become I a broker. Becoming, want to become a broker, but obviously I have no place to live, but also I need to sell this osteopathic machine that nobody wants and that all this stuff. measures and bone density. generally the pursuit to happiness but all of this stuff and the book like the film like I'm in 2006 I'm trying to think about how old I was 13 
14, 13. Oh, wow, shit, we were young. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think I, I watched it then. I want to say 13. And I remember it coming out. Oh, my God. 13, wow. 14, yeah. Um, very, very... Um, very impactful because it makes very you think impactful. like it's very like you know it's the, but it's this whole story of like if you strive and strive and then strive get and it. get knocked down and strive again and get knocked down again strive again Sometimes and just, you just go, you gotta keep going keep going keep going and then all of a sudden you're a millionaire and it's a bit like it's, it's the American <laughs> dream you know yeah it's a it's bit the American like, dream yeah I get it but I'm just like you know Sometimes um, things doesn't like that's not how things happen all the time. Yeah, that's not how things happen all the time. But and I also, th- I think it would have been great if they touched on maybe like um, structural things that. Yeah, because there was no there was no question of racism in the yeah. film at all. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, you're the white only a white a black man going but into I the guess, and, like New York Stock Exchange, yeah. becoming a broker. But I guess it's space. a given. I guess it's a given. Like you know, what I mean, like he walks in and he's the only black guy. He expects that he's not going yeah. to. Um, let it be a thing. The fact yeah. that he's even homeless. And in fact, when we saw the homeless people, the majority yeah. of them were black. Yeah, yeah and true. you know, and you know, what I mean, yeah. In a way, it, it showed personal resilience, and that yeah. was great to watch. Yeah. And not not great to watch, but it was great to be like, actually, we can go through so much and overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it was very dismissive of like the structural hurdles that a, a you know a black man with a, a black son will face in that yeah. environment. Um, but it was wonderfully done. Always running, yeah, as per. And, yeah, and I think what it was great for me to watch is like the fact that it wasn't all the studying that they showed. They didn't show him studying a lot, or you know, it was it was the going and talking to people. It was the the networking. It was the making somebody feel special. It was choosing whether to invest your five dollars on this white man who wants to get into um, a cab this white man is ultimately responsible for your future or choosing to keep that five dollars and maybe pay for a suite for your child right it's all about yeah it's all about the, it's all about the actions of kindness isn't yeah. it it's like well you know that you can't afford it but at the same time you're like you're, it's reputational things mm. as well if you because i think if he was to say no i'm not i i, I don't i don't have five dollars it's, like, it's like well, why is he being like that yeah and then it's a quick then it's then there's prejudice on his yeah scores on his life on his kind of on his life perspective yeah but then again I also feel like there is this when you work in certain environments like that there is this expectation of the life and standard that you might that you live Mm. so that old white man you know at the cab being like hey give me five dollars I need to go somewhere really quickly he really much just assumed that of course you have it you're in this position with me Mm. do you know what I mean Mm. and it just that disconnect then when we talk about and this is the thing when we talk about jobs being more inclusive it's like we have very different lives outside of work Mm. and you need to be able to do things that doesn't allow for that type of environment to foster where you're actually suffering just because you're in an environment yeah i remember the first time we had a ski trip at work i was like well one i didn't go school yeah because yeah i was just like i never skied in my life and also i don't like the cold and also why am i paying 400 pounds to ski and for you it's just you know with work people in it's, my head I'm like oh even, my god it's even the whole question of the internship and um, paid like the internship wasn't paid yeah, and there was that whole like grad, do grad I do this schemes, or not yeah, yeah. Um, because people who do those things are just people with families who can put them up and yeah, stuff like, you know, but it's not always the case and that's the thing and this is why like, I even like the, like you know what Galdem's doing in regards with the you know when they have um, I think they kind of they want to get more writers in from across the country yeah. and whatnot. And like they, there's a scheme for what it's called, but um, they like journalists can put people up 
um, on those schemes mm. and whatnot. So even things like that, those are those are like those help the whole the yeah. the, the, the racial and class issue. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's like, a really big class yeah, issue. Really yeah. Big class we do issue. talk about race, but class is just yeah, it's just really as paramount. Issue. Yeah. But yeah, man, I love the film. Um, Jaden was great. Oh, such a um, cutie. He was so natural in that. And I love the conversations that they would have. Yeah. Just sort of random conversations of a black father and his son. Yeah. It's really yeah. a father and a son, regardless. Like, it's nothing like, you just, they're not talking about anything other than life. Like, he just wants him just to have the best. Stupid jokes here and there. Yeah, he just wants him, he just wants him to have the best yeah. possible Upbringing. And when like they were like made homeless and he had to sleep in the toilet, the fact that he made him play like a make believe game and so that dinosaurs yeah, are coming and all that stuff. So that they can it could be tolerable for him, it could be fun for him in yeah. a way. And you just look at the sacrifices that maybe your parents make that you might not be privy of because of, you know, the sunshine, rosy nature of childhood sometimes. Yeah. It's a lot, man. It is a lot. It yeah. is a lot. But brilliant film. Yeah. Six out of ten. Wow, seven point five. And out of 10 I was so annoyed that he did it. That I was, I was, I was so. Let me give it a six out of ten. Uh, You're just saying it's just above average. Won't be sick. I'm going with the rotten potatoes percentage. Okay. <laughs> um, I hate the fact that he lost to Forrest Whitaker in 2006 in the 79th Academy Awards. Yeah. But I'm glad Forrest Whitaker won. <laughs> that makes any sense. Mm. I'm happy that he won. But also, I wanted Will Smith to yeah, get Will something. Will Smith deserves. He's actually played an array of characters. Yeah. Not like the big blockbuster films that he does, yeah. but like the you know hardcore yeah. ones. They're yeah. really really good. Yeah, I like his um, I like his quote unquote worthy films. The ones where they have like them deep meanings. And yeah. Whatnot. Collateral Beauty will forever Collateral be. Collateral Beauty is amazing, but it makes me cry yeah, too much. Will so forever be like, the film that I, I I attach to him. Kira Knightley in that, Helen Mirren in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just, you know, <laughs> hey. what, what's, it, what's her name again? Um, Kate Winslet. Yeah, Kate Winslet. Like, beautiful. That. It's a beautiful film. Beautiful. Oh, man. Yeah. That last film made me cry. It was tough, but I was like, I, like I, I don't, don't realise it's going to be so deep. But yeah. Such is life. Um, life is deep. So that's it. That's the end of the show. Um, what you got? You got any announcements? I don't got any announcements, but basically, get your tickets to King's Place, innit? Um, oh, yes, come guys. Come to the London Podcast Festival to see us talk and discuss things. Yeah. I want to say things and wings, but we just don't have wings. So just come and hear us discuss things. We can um, get wings later. Oh, yeah. I would actually like some wings. Like some wings. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, come and watch us come and watch us talk about some stuff um, it'd be Thursday you might not have another opportunity you might not so Thursday the 12th of September, September 2019 um, and the link will be in the description below um, I don't know what other things what other things add. are there check out what matters yeah. at what matters W-A-R on Twitter just you know listen to conversations I have on yeah. that podcast wise do you have anything you want to add no 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 <laughs> no all, all right. I do is write That's all you do I'm is write and get out and get on alright cool well we'll see you next week next time bye guys have fun see ya love you bye <laughs>
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.